Mm, Tabletop Tim here, emerging from my slumber to thank you all for supporting the podcast. We've done 70 whole episodes now, but none about holes. When will this injustice end? Anyway, thank you to Scribbles and Carlo. Have a probably bad day. Hello, welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today we watched the second episode of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, th- this one was actually kind of okay. I actually, yeah, I quite like this one. It had a very goofy scorpion. It did. So. Thankfully, because it has been 20 weeks, it did start with kind of a... Here's some of what happened last time. It skipped over the Merlin part. Mm, but it did have is unforgivable, frankly. But it did have Venger, who is some sort of evil demonic entity, and Tiamat, who the party ran into as soon as they entered the indie world. Um, so... The Dungeon Master has once again abandoned the party and they're wandering through a wasteland trying to find a way home. This is where we learn this planet has four suns, um, which wasn't brought up before. It wasn't, and we only saw one last time, I'm pretty sure. Mm. It's just they just kind of decided that there would be four suns now. Like, is there a DD setting? Because you know more about the canon settings than I do. Is there has four suns. There's so there's like a post-apocalypse desert one, which I think there, which is the only one I can think of which has like weird suns, but it's not a post-apocalypse desert. I mean, it's a post-local apocalypse desert. I guess. Like I like the idea of this one patch of the world having four suns and nowhere else. Yeah, so after some complaining about how the Dungeon Master has abandoned them, mostly from Eric, because Eric is the designated complainer as per the rules about 80s kids' shows. Although, to be fair, in this case, he is correct. Oh, he absolutely is. I just enjoy the the whole thing of them having to be one person who, who kind of goes against the grain and is consistently proven wrong. Justice for Eric. <laughs> Eric was assigned this role, he didn't choose it, but also he's a spoiled rich boy who at mm. one point talks about going on safari in his back garden. No justice for Eric. A small amount of justice for Eric. As a treat. But yeah, the, the dungeon master then shows up, tells them, oh, if you can deal with this beholder, then you might be able to go home. Just remember, it's it's. He doesn't say beauty is in the high, the eye of the beholder, but it's pretty close. It's just enough to be jarring because he doesn't mm. use the actual phrase. Be- yeah, you need beauty to defeat the eyes of this beholder. That's the one. Which is the opposite of the saying. Um, and then he vanishes again. 
Meanwhile, Uni is being, frankly, a little shit. Hmm. Uh, Uni went off and started digging for some reason. Uni the unicorn. The most annoying character. It's like, it immediately made me think of, because we've talked about the Alpha and Omega game where my Hmm. zombie horse went off and awoke an Elder God. Because the unicorn goes off and awakens a giant kind of funky scorpion. Like I like the scorpion because from the distance, you know, it's a scary scorpion. But every time it's shown close up, it just has this weird cartoonish semi-dreamworks face. Yeah. Like, and it's adorable. I, I wish we'd had a redemption arc for the scorpion, honestly. When I when I next do D and D, this scorpion is showing up and getting a redemption arc. It's gonna be the big good. Speaking of redemption arcs, though, <laughs> they are introduced to the character of the week. Like, I really like what the fuck is his name? It's Sir John, right? John, yeah. Because he first shows up with a scorpion, and he just climbs like out from behind nearby rock. Like, he gads a terrifying scorpion. And for every fight I ever do in like RPGs now, I'm going to improve tension by having a random man climb out and go, Egads, how terrifying this monster is. The thing is, wasn't he specifically running away from a blue dragon as well? Yeah. It's just like, ah, this scorpion is equally terrifying as a blue dragon. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a big fucking scorpion. But also, dude was running away from a dragon. He just he just likes being he just likes yelling how scary things are. I mean that is his defining trait as being yeah. afraid of things. He is a coward. Self-confessed coward. Yeah. Very self-aware. He mm. I can't remember how he accidentally beats all of the, the dragon and the scorpion, but he, I think he um, gets them to fight. He cowers and they fight each other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what I was hoping was gonna turn into kind of a fun little kaiju battle. Um, but it didn't. Which, to be fair, they're like twenty-minute episodes. Yeah, and I guess like a blue dragon is actually going to beat a scorpion quite easily. Yeah, I live in hope. So yeah, the kids are are all like, ah, he can help us deal with the beholder, and then he just kind of vanishes. Yeah. The dungeon master tells them that the key to your future is looking backwards or something like that. From which they deduce that this man they met a few minutes ago in their past must be the way to get them to the place they need to go. Which is the value of the beholder, which has a beholder in it. It sure does. And it's a proper, like... The only word I can use to describe the design of the beholder is gummy. Mm. Like, it, it does not look like any art of a beholder from any edition that I've seen, but I'm very into gummy beholder. Yeah, it sort of it sort of looks like when you're trying to draw a beholder but you don't have the legal rights to use a beholder, so you draw something that's clearly a beholder but is just, you know, different enough to cover your ass. Except this one they do have the legal rights to, so I don't quite know why they've made it a weird little gummy beholder. They probably wanted to make toys of it or something. Probably. But yeah, we find out that John has been kicked out of every village because he's such a coward and fails to protect any of them. 
But also, he has a son, so we should care. Yeah, he is. He's going to be thrown out of the village. No, someone else is going to be made the knight if he continues to be a coward, and then he and his son will be thrown from the village. Is his tension? Mm. That that is the central conflict of the episode. Is the coward has to do something brave. Mm. So he just kind of he goes wandering into the forest, where he sees the kids being kidnapped by snails. And just save them. And is then like, okay, I can't help you defeat the Beholder because I need to do something brave. I can't help you defeat the Beholder because I need to go over here first. But I think he's, he's clearly slightly in denial, I think. Mm. He says, well, I have to do something brave, but not that brave. That's just silly. I just I have to do something, you know, moderately brave. But I mean, I'm I am genuinely surprised actually that at no point was he like, "Well, I saved these kids from the giant snails. That counts, right?" Yeah, like I feel like you know he did do some reasonably brave things. Well, yeah, he beat the shit out of those snails. Mm. Also, this is a pre like you know medieval world about recording technology, so there's no particular reason he couldn't just go into the woods, stay there for a day or two, and then come back. Like, yeah, I did something really brave. Yeah, like, because you would assume that he would want to get some sort of proof. Yeah. But also, spoilers, when he actually does a brave thing later, he has no proof except, I guess, like, the handle of a shield, which just looks like a bin lid. E, I think, yeah, like, these people seem more credulous. He could always just be like, yeah, no, I, I went and fist fought five dragons. I don't know, maybe considering. Some small children can survive two encounters with Tiamat. Mm. Maybe, maybe what counts as an act of courage in this world is a little bit, a little bit skewed. But yes, yeah, so, so yeah, at this point, the kids have to go fight the Beholder, mm-hmm. and our Sir John has gone off to cry in a wasteland. Yeah, in the mushroom forest on the edge of the wasteland. Mm. Which, again, is actually kind of a cool thing. I'm, I'm into the mushroom forest as a Yeah, like there's, there, there, is, there are some cool, like, environments in this one. I also do really like the patch of land where there's four suns, unlike everywhere else on the planet. Yeah. Um, uh, I want more exploration of that. But yes. Anyway, he now meets um, our old friend Vengeus, the cartoon evil bastard man. Yeah, he's he's definitely some sort of demon because he's got bat wings and one big curvy red horn. Mm. Um, We're never really given any kind of backstory or origins. I'd like to think that he has a very tragic and sympathetic backstory that just never comes up. Yeah, oh, oh, I think we're told in the first episode, like, ah, he is, he is an, he's like an avatar of evil. That's that's all we get. But he is here to make a deal with John. He just has to let the children die to the beholder. And then 
I don't remember what he's offered beyond, like, I won't kill you. I mean, what he offers is I won't kill your son, as far as I can tell. Oh, yeah, because the son's in a cage surrounded by hyenas. So, you know, it's it's not the most generous offer, <laughs> if I'm honest. But on brand for an avatar of evil. Yeah. Uh, he also just insults Sir John a lot. I mean... So John kind of deserves it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's understandable, you know. <laughs> he is. No, I feel insulting. like if you're holding someone's son hostage, you can call them whatever you want, really. This is some official advice from the Probably Bad RPG Idea podcast. Pop, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so he leads leads the kids to the beholder, and then off he fucks. But then there is a twist. His his son is returned and he goes, actually, I'm not going to let these kids die. Again, he, his heart grows three sizes. And he waves the flower that, I can't remember most of the characters' names, the acrobat gave him for saving them at the Beholder and the Beholder melts. Because beauty defeats the Beholder, you see. Just, just fucking melts and a portal appears. No indication of how these two things are connected. It's just when you defeat a beholder, it turns into a portal to another dimension. I just... The idea that he didn't even have to, like, get the beholder to eat the flower or anything, it just had to see something yeah, beautiful feel... and it melts. Yeah, I feel like beholders would probably... I don't know how it was so difficult to defeat this thing. Like, literally just send your hottest knight and it is dead. Yeah, because like, the Beholder is the reason that it's a wasteland. Hmm. And once it's defeated, it trees fucking pop up out of everywhere. There's grass and stuff. So, like, I get that the Beholder isn't going to be seeing beautiful things in its day-to-day -day life. But just send someone with, like, a bouquet. They don't even have to fight the thing. They just have to show it a bouquet and that Beholder's dealt with. Yeah. It's... I think they should probably have put a bit more effort into it. Is what yeah. I am saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling plot hole. This cheap children's show from the 80s is not going to do well at Cinema Sins. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. It's the only Cinema Sins I would watch. <laughs> so, yeah, they've defeated the Beholder, and they can now go home through the portal. Uh, but the trouble is, firstly, the Barbarian refuses to leave the Unicorn behind. Because the Barbarian is the smallest of the children. Mm. I think they should have just taken the unicorn. Well, wasn't the unicorn formed from the toy unicorn that he won at the fun fair? So, like, wouldn't it just turn back into the toy unicorn? That is true. Um, Which I, I guess is a form of dying. E, unless it remains sentient as a toy unicorn. Horrifying. Continue. <laughs> just, yeah... They don't know it, but their toy stuffed toy is fully sapient. 
anyway, so they don't. We don't find out if there's any kind of weird existential unicorn horror. No, the unicorn doesn't really seem too bothered either way, honestly. Hmm. Yes, it is a unicorn. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out with Sir John and his son. Speaking which of is so- also what everyone is telling the barbarian. Like, just there's a, there's a child here. Leave the unicorn with that child. Let's go the fuck home and have some burgers. Speaking of John and his son, mm-hmm. um, Vengus is trying to murder them because he refused to let the children die. Yeah, and he he destroys the terrible Binlid shield that Presto conjured up. Yeah, Presto can summon anything as long as it's slightly crap at doing the thing he summoned it for. Yeah, like... Was it in the mushroom forest they wanted some light and he summoned a birthday cake with candles on it? He can summon anything that technically resolves the problem he's in. Which I quite like as a concept for a mutant and masterminds character. Mm. It's like my power is inconvenient problem solving. Turns out a bin shield doesn't do very much about thing against fingers. It's. I thought he was called Venger. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Sorry, I forgot what <laughs> rip off of vengeance we were using. <laughs> Maybe Vengus is his, his brother. Mm. Vengus is the one with the deep and nuanced backstory. He's the one with the bus. <laughs> Sadly, this show did exist before they had the chance to use the Venger bus as a plot point. Disappointing. Um, but yeah, Eric, Eric slightly redeems himself for the episode and what I'm sure will be an entirely temporary bit of Moral fiber, because he's he's the the only one left in the portal. Because everyone else is like, no, we've got to save him. And then he do- he also comes out of the portal and he protects him from Venger's death beam. Yeah, I mean, I do. To be fair, like the pre- like the sort of trope of guy who's you know a bit of an asshole is like. Oh, damn it, I'm going to have to go help people. I do. It's just normally it's part of some sort of character arc, and I feel like there's probably not going to be any character arcs in this show. I mean, maybe he's just had a very short one. Um, Like, he is the paladin, but he's also a dick. But yeah, so he deflects the death beam back at Venger, and then a beam of red light comes from somewhere and blasts him off like Team Rocket. And no one knows where it came from, and we aren't told. Like, we do see the Dungeon Master sort of chuckling to himself after they all leave, which does imply it was him. Which also does really, like, have a home that the Dungeon Master could defeat Vengeance and send the kids back any time he likes. That's like how in the first one he was a deus ex, just like, oh, you lost all your gear. Here it is. He's he's just there to hmm. show that he could do things if he wanted to, but doesn't want to. Which, to be fair, I guess an actual dungeon master yeah, could like, just solve all of the went... characters' problems, but then there wouldn't be a plot anymore. Yeah. I mean, that is true, but also I feel like when, you know, if you have kidnapped your players and are forcing them to play your game, 
Mm. Probably don't but do the that. Kid, but the kids are never like, like if you could problem. do that, could you not just reopen the portal? Yeah, like, it is... It is really weird having the Dungeon Master as a character because it does... It does come off as, like... Yeah, I could easily save all these children's lives, but I'd rather not. Good things about this episode. I like Sir John, just as a character, as a concept. I like the design of the mushroom forest. I like the design of the scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. That's all I can think of. Like, it's not, like, there's not really anything tremendously bad about it, unless you count Eric. I mean, it's, it's better than the first episode. I will happily admit this. Hmm. I'm, I'm dreading watching the next episode in another 20 weeks slightly less. It's getting better, guys, in case you were thinking of starting this <laughs> 80s children's cartoon show. 80s children's cartoon show with 28 episodes that we will be working through incredibly slowly. Oh, so I did like that Beholder didn't really have any of the eye beams. It just yeah, shot like, lasers like a machine I think gun. They, they said it was electric, but it just kind of wrapped them up. So it's just some sort of electrical grapple. Hmm. Like, I do like just Beholder comes out and it's just firing wildly, like, no strategy, no complex weapon, like, spell effects, just shoots all the parts. Yes, yeah, it didn't do anything after it grappled them, it just kind of held them there. And it wasn't like, a, oh, it's slowly choking them or anything like that, it was it just holding them. Hmm. It just hadn't thought that far ahead. It's just like, to be honest, I didn't think I would get this far. <laughs> usually, usually someone pulls out like a flower or a painting or a butterfly or something yeah, and they die at this point. Because it doesn't... I think it might still be alive somewhere because it kind of lopes off. Yeah, it sort of... Yeah, it melts, but then the melting bit sort of slivers away, making a sort of hissing noise. And then vanishes down into a, a gully. Hmm. Which, like, I doubt it will be back. This feels more like a you can't show the good guys killing someone thing. But I I do like that this is apparently just a cycle that the Beholder goes through. Yeah, like, it's normally people just pull out flowers and stuff. And it's just, yeah, this, this is the first time I've got to the point of using a spell of an then shoot laser. It's dreams of destroying all that is beautiful. Yeah. I'm safe. No self diss. <laughs> but yeah, it is like I like it. It is it is more silly in a kid's way rather than what the hell is happening. It is. I will by the standards of like pre twenty tens kids media, it's pretty decent. I do think someone needs to yell at the GM. I mean, they do. He's, the Dungeon Master is a problem, and he is the problem, because he's the one that brought them here in the first place. Yeah, like, I feel like it would have worked better if they just made the Dungeon Master the antagonist. 
feel like they kind of have done. Hmm. I hope they fight the dungeon master, but I have a feeling they won't. It, it sadly does seem unlikely, but we can dream. I'll write my Dungeons and Dragons cartoon fanfic. Make your own homebrew. Where they just beat up the DM. <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you for listening to our in-depth media analysis. Yeah. We we are the next Sarah Z. <laughs> um. Please don't sue us, Sarah Z. <laughs> if if you want to support us. You can go to patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas and get bonus episodes and DD homebrew and other things. If you have a question for the normal episodes, because we answer RPG related questions on those, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Tumblr or Twitter. And, and remember, remember to have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.